Hello, Serve Scale Store family. Y'all, today's episode is so good. I have the podcast manager for Serve Scale Store, Stephanie, joining us on the podcast. And what I love about Stephanie is the exceptional service that she gives her clients. We're talking about service that makes her so easy to be referred to by other clients. And in this episode, we're talking about the mindset shifts that had to happen for her to really be able to scale her business and how surrounding herself with other people who wanted big things in their business helped her want bigger things as well. And how niching down has truly served her in a big way, not only making her systems easier, but having clients refer her and how that has truly impacted her business and what it's like being wrapped up all in my business because not only is she the podcast manager for Serve Scale Soar, she is also a member of Serve Scale Soar membership and she is one of my students in the Soaring Inner Circle Mastermind. And we are talking all things mindset, niching down, pricing, and how to provide amazing service and build relationships that matter and make the biggest impact. So if you're ready for all that and more, let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Welcome, Surf Scale Store family. I am so excited. I'm like extra excited today because I have Stephanie on the podcast, and Stephanie is a podcast manager. She's also my personal podcast manager. So she helps this whole show actually come to life. And not only that, she's a member of Surf Scale Soar and she's a member of the Soaring Inner Circle Mastermind. So she's just like all up in my business. She's just like the light to every single day. And I truly mean that. So Stephanie, I'm so excited for my listeners just to get to know you. So first off, tell us who you serve, what your business is all about and who you are as a person. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited to be here with Brandy, of course, and especially with all my Surf Scale Soar people and everyone in Brandy's group and everything like that. So I'm very honored to be here. So thank you. My name is Stephanie and I have two little boys and a wonderful husband and I live in Lafayette, Louisiana. So down South in the swampy, very humid parts of the South, but I am a podcast manager and launch consultant. So I work primarily with coaches, consultants, and course creators on helping them launch their podcast and then helping them, like Brandy said, just manage that day-to-day, the ongoing month after month, all the tasks involved with running and producing a podcast. I love it. And just because it took a lot for me not to crack up laughing, but whenever you say you're from Lafayette, some of you may know on the podcast, but I'm super fan of live PD. Like it is every Friday, every Saturday. And they started going to Lafayette, Louisiana. And soon as they did, I like send Stephanie pictures every Friday and Saturday night of these ridiculous people that live in her town. And it so, is so it's literally so embarrassing. Yes. I, I love literally I, all the time. Whenever I get a box from Brandy and she's like, Hey, your town's on TV. I'm like, Oh, how embarrassing. So I love it. 
Okay. So I want to know more about like how you got started. Cause this is actually something that I don't know a ton about. So how did you get into the online space? Because our listeners probably don't know, but you're also a licensed real estate agent. So how did you find out about virtual assistants and when did you really start with podcast management? So my journey actually started two years ago. So I started in January of 2018. That is when I was late night scrolling and clicked on a Facebook ad. And at the time, I literally had no clue that Facebook ads even existed. Like I just didn't even know what I was clicking on. And I clicked on an ad for a virtual assistant course. Anyways, I watched the webinar, which I had no clue what a webinar was at the time. I watched a webinar, bought the course, and that is how I got started in the VA world. So whenever I got started, I had no clue what a virtual assistant was. I really didn't even know the online space existed. I knew it was there, but literally going to a website, that's what I knew as far as the online space. So I was totally clueless. I have a background in marketing. I have been a realtor for six years. I still have my real estate license, but I was working as a realtor for a long time. And while I loved it and I loved my clients and I loved my coworkers, I really found myself working a lot of nights and weekends. And that was very hard for me with my family. And I have a husband who's got a demanding job and he worked a lot during the week. And so I was finding myself working when he wasn't working. And so we just didn't have a lot of time together. So that's kind of how I got started in the online space a couple of years ago. It was very slow going whenever I started. I wasn't full into it. I didn't just hit the ground running. It took a long time, you know, and whenever I really think that I got into it and really started kind of niching down and thinking that this could be something that I could literally turn into a business was probably the beginning of last year. So really a full year in it. I niched down to podcast management around April of last year. So it's really been a little less than a year that I've been doing podcast management only. And so why podcast management? Like, where did that come from? Yes. So it's kind of funny. Whenever I started, I did general VA work, just like most everybody does when they start out. I kind of did everything for everyone. I did website design, graphic design. I would work in people's Kajabi. I did help them with their courses. I literally kind of did everything. One of my clients who is actually still my client, I did general VA work for her. And she came to me one day and said, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I was like, that sounds fun. And she said, can you help me start it? And I said, sure. And you know, I had always been a podcast junkie. I've listened to a lot of podcasts before that, but I never realized the behind the scenes and what it took to actually produce a podcast. And so that is how I got started. I helped her and, and by way of Google, really in the beginning, just helped her launch a podcast. I helped her launch it and then, you know, still provide the ongoing management for it. And now her podcast is, you know, exploded and it's been great, but that is how I got started in it. And one of the things that really drew me to podcast management was I kind of a, a little bit multi-passionate, you know, it's got its pros and cons, but I felt like I was multi-passionate and I loved working on the website design and I loved organizing things and I loved the project management piece of it. And I love the design work that's involved. And so that podcast management allowed me to be able to do all of those things that I was kind of picking and choosing and doing for a lot of different people, but it really helped me package it up and provide it as a service, you know, that was scalable. I love that. That's how you just broke it down because I've never thought like as multi-passionate entrepreneurs, like many people are, that like we can find services that are niched down that still hit all those things. Cause I'm sitting here thinking 
And I love sometimes to be creative and do the graphics. And I do that with Facebook ads, but then I love, love, love numbers. And I like the black and white, like this is how much we spent. This is how much we made. And I get that with Facebook, but I never thought of that in a sense that like I'm hitting all those passions that I have in my service. And I love that you've been able to find a service where you're hitting all of those. And that's such an interesting way to look at it especially because so many people that are listening are probably like, but I don't want to get bored. That's something that we keep seeing coming up. Like, I don't want to get bored. And it's like, well, you don't have to get bored when we think of it in that sense. And I love that that's how you see podcast management. So going to that, so you were doing all the things, which I think is super smart when you get started, but the quicker you can hone in, on the thing you love, the quicker you can scale. So I'm guessing that you had clients that you were still doing all the things for, plus you were bringing on podcast clients. So do you still have any clients that you're doing all the things for? No. So literally at one point, I mean, I I go back and I look at my journey whenever I first started that first probably full year of kind of doing that general VA work. I mean, some months I I made anywhere from $500, you know, I was working hourly. I didn't have any sort of packages at the time. I didn't, you know, any, and I didn't have retainers set up with any clients. I literally worked hourly. So it was very inconsistent. Some months I made uh, last July, well, it was before that I made $42 one month. I mean, I billed a client for a partial hour. It was, you know, it was, it was as low as $42 and, you know, it was as high as maybe a couple thousand, but just like I know, Brandy, you've said before, whenever you were doing doing all the things for all the people. I was working all the time. And, you know, there's so much work involved with having to learn all new systems and doing new things for new people. You can't really systematize and and automate anything at that point. So that's where I really struggled. And so, I mean, my income was so inconsistent at that time. But, you know, whenever I was finally able to really niche down to podcast management is when I really saw things, you know, really started realizing like what, what the business could be and, and get really excited about that. Okay. So then I want to talk about, because this question comes up a lot and I don't think we've talked about it a ton on the podcast. We talk about it inside of Serve Scale Soar. But how did you release the hourly clients? Did you like say, okay, I'm releasing everyone? Because that's what I did. I was like, okay, in order to scale, I'm going to have to release clients, learn a new skill, and then cross your fingers, hope that you get the clients. Or did you replace them with podcasts and then let them go? It was a little bit of both. So what I did was I, let's see, at one point when I was, like I said, when I was making maybe $2,000, I think at one point I had nine or 10 clients. I mean, that is a lot of clients to manage for not a whole lot of money. So at that point I had that many clients and I started looking at it as, you know, there's different ways that you can do it, but I would suggest for someone who's thinking about, you know, wanting to release clients, look at those clients that maybe is what's your least favorite service that you're doing for them at that time. They might have to be the first to go. Maybe looking at the ones that like aren't really, you're not doing much for and you're not really making much money for. And so those were the clients that I started releasing. And luckily, you know, I hate to say it, but I kind of had an excuse. It's very hard for me. I'm a people pleaser. I love my clients and I was very close to a lot of my clients. So whenever I had to release them, I felt it was like a breakup, you know, and and you get to really know your clients. So 
one at a time. I just said, Hey, look, I am niching down. I have decided that I want to do podcast management. I love it so much. And so at this time, you know, at the end of whatever month it was, or, you know, I'd give them a 30 day notice or something that I will not be available to work anymore. And that's kind of how I broke up with a lot of them. And so it was slow going to get podcast management clients in the beginning. There was a time I kept two of my favorite clients and the ones that I really enjoyed working with and was still doing some stuff for. And I kept them around for a few months within it. But then after that, yeah, I slowly kind of just, I, I was able to luckily pass them off to my team, one of my team members that I brought on. And so now she's going to take her over one of my clients. So it kind of came full circle. It felt really good to be able to help another BA who was just starting out on her journey. And she was so thankful and she's an awesome VA. She works for me. And so I was able to kind of like help her get started on her journey too. So it was a little bit slow, but that's what I would suggest is, you know, I mean, some people say go full force, you know, dump them all go. It, it just depends on your personality. That was very hard for me to just dump all my clients in one month. I did it a little bit slower, but I think it kind of just depends on your personality, but that's how I did it. I just kind of released them one at a time. And, but it was pretty quick. I mean, it was probably within a, in a two month period. I let all of my clients go. And so when I say like I dumped mine, I don't want everyone to think that I just dumped all my money and went oh, from no. like, and I was at a point where I was making $6,000 and dropped down to four. And I had a very strict timeline of when I was going to get that back. So I dumped them in November, January, I had my first $10,000 a month. So it was like quick. So if you're going to do something like that, never do something that's going to cause stress when it comes to money, because then you're not going to be able to move forward. So with me, it really came down to, if I was making 4,000, the bills got paid. My family still was great. Like it was more of knowing my numbers and knowing that I had the money to invest in a program, pay in full, and then elevate my services, which I think is important. We're not saying create stress, financial stress, because then it's harder to move forward. And, and you I mean, also you know, had your money from real estate. Yes. And doing that too. And, and I know some people struggle with this. And I think that if you do just go and release all your clients at once, you know, and luckily I'm not in this position right now. In the beginning, I kind of was desperate for clients. I had to take any and every client that I could find. And I think if you go and just release everyone and you don't have a little bit of that financial stability, I think it's going to cause you to probably have to take on maybe a client that you're not in love with or that maybe not may not be your ideal client or anything like that. So I tried not to put myself in that position of desperation and, and having to settle, I guess, you know. Yeah. I love that. And then when you were talking about releasing a client to another VA and how good that feels, that's one of the things we teach inside Serve Skill Soar. And that's why we have the directory, the service provider directory inside of Serve Skill Soar. And everyone's like, oh, do you make commission off that? And I'm like, no, like if I don't provide the service or I know people who do, just refer them and don't expect anything back because I think it just comes full circle. Totally. And you release that client and now you're taking on some heavy hitters as clients. And I truly believe that all comes around full circle. You did something that helped a previous client and a newer VA, and now it's coming back tenfold for you. And I 100% believe like if you're out to build relationships just for like a financial gain, then it's never going to serve you. Totally. I mean, that is one of the things I will say, like in, in Surf Scale Soar that I have loved so much is a lot of times people say, like, how are you getting your clients? What? 
a lot of my clients come from referrals, which is great, but a lot of my clients come from people in ServeScale SOAR, knowing what I do because I refer them clients, they refer me clients and they tag me in Facebook and that's how I have gotten some of my clients. And so really building those relationships with other service providers has been huge. And I mean, you need someone, you know, I mean, the online space can get lonely. And so being surrounded with like-minded people that are trying to grow their business and everything like that has been a hundred percent, one of my probably favorite things and one of the biggest game changers in my business. Yeah. And no matter if it's inside ServeScale SOAR or somewhere else, just having that group that support you and can y'all do different things and reach out. And even inside ServeScale SOAR, there's other podcast managers. And when you can't take, you refer them to those other podcast managers. And I love this like whole ecosystem that we have where we're all getting clients. We're all sharing the love. We're all like referring each other. But I think that also comes down to the testament of you niching down and people knowing exactly what you do. It's hard for people to refer you when you're doing all the things, but people know Stephanie podcast, you know, like it's easy. And so I think that's also something to be said about niching down is it just makes you an easier referral. Totally. I mean, yeah. And that's some of the people in service scale store, the ones that have niched down, I know exactly who does what. And a lot of them have niched down by kind of like you said on the past podcast episode, you niche down by service. So I know what service they provide, or I know what type of client that they're looking for and who they work with. And so it's very easy to tag somebody in a Facebook group. You know, if I see somebody looking for Facebook ads for health coaches, I know exactly who to tag in that post for that, you know, so that has been definitely the biggest thing. And, and I will say, I mean, and I know a lot of your listeners will admit I struggled big time with this for a long, long time, trying to figure out what I wanted to niche down to. But when I did, that is really when it got so easy for me and one of the things I was going to tell you, it's just even getting on discovery calls. Whenever I used to get on discovery calls, I was, I was kind of nervous. I mean, I'm a people person. And so I, I don't have a, I don't, I can talk to anybody, but when I would get on discovery calls with clients and I really didn't know what they needed and I kind of didn't even know what I did. Cause I kind of just did everything. And they would say, do you do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I do that. And I really didn't even know how to do it. And I'd have to go learn it. And so I didn't have the confidence that I have on a discovery call. Now, if I get on a discovery call now, I mean, besides the fact that I have it all organized and laid out what questions I'm going to ask, I can literally probably get on a discovery call and I know exactly what the person's going to ask me. I know exactly what their struggles are going to be. I know my packages forward and backwards because I mean, I think that just gets over time, but when you niche down it allows you to do that, to really know what services you offer and what you don't. And I've gotten on calls lately and I did not think I would be at that point to where I get on a call and that the person would be an awesome person, but I would just have to say, you know what, I'm not a good fit for you right now. And, you know, and I would know off the bat why I wasn't a good fit. And I never thought I would get to that point to turn down a client, you know? And, and so when you get to that point, you just, you really know what's important and, and who you want to work with and who might not be a great fit. Yeah. And talking about discovery calls, I know Stephanie's a talker. And so I want to know, cause I don't know the answer to this. How long, let's say in April, when you niche down to podcast management, how long were your discovery calls and how long are your discovery calls now? A hundred percent different. I have not mastered Brandy's 15 minute discovery call yet, but I'm getting there. But yeah, whenever I started 
discovery calls. I am a talker and they would be 45 minutes or longer. And, and just like Brandy says, when you get on those calls and they start turning into 45 minutes, they start getting into a lot of strategy. You're talking a lot about that is it, it, it you can go way off. So I, now the last ones that I've been doing are definitely under 30 minutes. So I've definitely shortened them. And, you know, some recently have been, yeah, probably about the 20, 30 minute range is kind of what I'm down to now. So I'm getting better and better. I love it. So now I want to quickly jump to your superpower. And I don't even know if you realize this is your superpower, but I truly believe that your superpower is your ability to provide exceptional service to your clients. Because wow. most of your clients come from referrals, but you're an easy referral, not only because you've niched down, but it's because of the experience and the way that you serve your clients that makes it even easier. And then they want to refer you because of just like the wow factor from the time they schedule an appointment to jump on a discovery call through the whole process with you. You probably didn't know, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but like, oh. where do you think that came from? Do you also like see it as a hindrance? Do you see it as like helpful? Like I'm sure there's some roadblocks that come with that though as well. Totally pros and cons. So thank you very much. That is probably one of the things that I most want to do is to provide exceptional service. And me, I'm an Enneagram one. And so if anybody follows Enneagram and knows anything about Enneagram, Enneagram ones are perfectionists. So that is one of the reasons it took me so long to niche down and all of that kind of stuff. But I really pride myself on providing pretty graphics and pretty, you know, I want everything to be super organized and, and I'm a very organized person and I want everything to flow and I don't want to be a hindrance to my clients and all of that. So I really have tried and started mastering really getting my systems down and getting everything like to flow as smooth as possible. One of the things that's been huge for that is whenever I got into serve scale soar, I mean, I, I feel like I've always provided great service for my clients. I do hope that they would say that to my past clients. But whenever I got into serve scale soar and being able to really set up that Debsato, the way that it just, it's so professional and so streamlined and, and, you know, I mean, it, I have gotten so many compliments, even from some of my big hitters, as you say, that, that I have met with, you know, how streamlined everything was and how put together everything was. And so that is what I've really tried. And I think that that kind of is what sets you apart as, you know, that premium service offer. I am not the cheapest podcast manager and, you know, and, and I've said that, and there's people that are looking for podcast managers that are a fourth of the cost of what I provide, but that is not my ideal client. And so I have really tried to set everything up and really provide that special little bit of special. And that's what I think what sets you apart from maybe somebody else who, who offers the same thing. I love that. And I think that's so important. The first 24 hours of someone being onboarded is the most important time to show them that you have your stuff together, to show them that they made the right decision. Cause whenever someone goes to hire someone, there's like that lump in their throat. Did they make the right decision? And so when you can make it as professional, as streamlined as possible, you have won that client over. And so I love that. And I will say that our systems and I say ours, but they're like yours. And we use to manage all of Randy and company I used Dubsado just for Facebook ads, but that's just me. But then with the team, Stephanie and Janessa, we use ClickUp and Airtable. 
And y'all, we have people that are like drooling over our systems, offering to pay us a lot of money to come set them up. And it's just keeping it simple. So even once you get to a point where you have more offerings or you're growing an agency or you have a course, like keep it simple. I think that's the thing is your systems are simple. They're not complicated and use the same systems with all your clients. Correct. And, you know, and I try to really tell myself too, that thinking long-term before I kind of just did whatever I had to do just to get by, to get all my stuff done. But now what I really try to do is to make sure that every task that I do, if there's something that, you know, they kind of say, if you're doing something two or three times, like make a SOP for it, create a system for it, create a whatever. And that's what I've done. Like if there's a link that I need to change, I'll go back and change it in the, you know, the first original template to make sure that like moving forward the next client that I bring on like that it's really streamlined for them and everything and it's sometimes it takes a little bit longer to have to go back and change something or update a checklist and click up or but I really try to like make sure that I have all of that nailed down or you know whenever I do bring on VAs that's been kind of one of the hardest things as growing a team is I want to make sure that just like Brandy said that those clients are still being provided exceptional service you know and so I think having my systems and processes in place, it's easier for me to be able to walk a VA through and, and to have that expectation of what they'll, you know, that they'll provide the same service to, to those clients as well. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. You are in ServeScaleSoar, which you joined in May. You are a founding member. Yes. And I did not know Stephanie and she joined as a founding member. And then in January, you invested in the Soaring Inner Circle Mastermind. I know there's a lot of people who see business coaches and all this stuff, and I hate the term business coach. I don't know a better one, (laughs) but like there's all these masterminds and business coaches. So my question is, you know, as a service provider, I don't think there's a ton of masterminds out there for service providers, but what made you be like, okay, I'm in this program, I'm getting the community, I'm getting clients, but now I feel like I need a business coach or a mastermind. Like what was your thought process going through that? I think the biggest thing that I found whenever I got into your group, which I had never really kind of thought about it before. It's like you just would be in Facebook groups and you just were looking for a client, looking for a client. And whenever I got in ServeScale Soar, I realized the community and how big and how important it was to growing my business and how, I mean, I literally got in ServeScale Soar and then, you know, you become known for something like you said, and I would start getting tagged or whatever. And it was really forming those relationships in there that were a helped me out just mentally. And, you know, I mean, business is hard. It's hard growing a business and, and, you know, day to days or struggles that I'd have. I mean, a lot of the women, you know, I'll send them a message on Facebook or I'll Voxer them or whatever. And then say, Oh gosh, this happened to me. And they walk me through it and they help me through it. And so that was huge. And so whenever I realized how much of a difference that having someone like that, you know, surrounding you, it really made me realize the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. What is the quote? Um, You're the sum of the five people people you spend the most time with. And so I wanted to be the average of like high level people. And it was kind of funny. I was listening to Samantha's whenever she was on the podcast and she said, 
she had always had this dream of like 5,000, if she could just hit 5,000 in her business. And that was kind of my thing. I remember thinking like, oh, if I could just hit three or 4,000 consistently, like that would be all, that's all I needed. And whenever I started surrounding myself with people that were making 8,000, 10,000, even more, I realized the possibility. And that's something that I didn't see before. In some of my other groups, I think it was, you know, a lot of service providers just starting out and starting to build their business. Business and I loved helping them, they were in a mindset of lack. And I wanted to be in that mindset of abundance. And so that is why I knew whenever you were like in starting a mastermind, that is one of my goals that I had for this year is I wanted to be in a mastermind surrounded by people that were trying to grow their business and that were in a mindset of abundance and not lack. And so that has been huge. And you know, it's kind of funny. They say when you're in a room with someone, you should be in a room surrounded by people that are ahead of you. And I feel like everybody in the master, I mean, everybody in the mastermind is ahead of me and that, but that's a great thing. I feel, you know, they're all, whenever they have wins, I'm, you know, their wins may be a lot bigger than my wins, but I see, you know, what they're doing and that, and I realize that I can do that too. And so, you know, being around people that are making 10 or 15 or 20 or more thousand dollars a month, you see the possibility. And that's what I never saw in some of the other groups and, you know, not allowing myself to be in that space. Your way, it was way nicer. I've always heard you want to be the dumbest person in the room. So yours yeah, was well, that's, like, that's much yeah, but yours was like nicer. Dumb. Yeah. But the funny thing about masterminds is like you say that they're all ahead of you. And I would almost guarantee you that 90% of them would say that you're ahead of them. And that's oh. what's so cool about a mastermind is everyone brings something different to the table. And it's such a small knit group of people that is just different. Different. But, and here's the thing, y'all, I love that the fact that you're, you're so active in the soaring inner circle mastermind, but you're still like, weren't you last month? You were number two, I think last month. Every month as, I'm like the most active, the most talkative person in surf scale soar. And you're still so supportive in surf scale soar and you still plug into there. And I think that that says a lot about you is that you get like the higher level in the mastermind, but you still are there to ask questions and cheer on people that were where you were just a few months ago. And that also is such a testament to who you are as a person. And I truly believe that that impacts your business as well. So I just want to personally thank you for being that in the group. Good, good. No, I love, and I, I love to help others and to give back because I feel like along the journey, I mean, I, I'm the person that asked 50 million questions to 50 million people and I had so many people help me along. And so the least I can do is do the same thing for someone else. Yeah. And I have one more question because it's so funny after this podcast interview, I have a podcast interview with Rick Mulready, my coach, and he'll actually be interviewing me, which we'll see how that goes. But I run Rick Mulready's ads and he's my coach and you run the Serve Scale Store podcast and I'm your coach. So what do you feel like is that dynamic there? Were you worried going into that situation because I was your coach? No. Well, Serve Scale Store. So you were in there and then mm -hmm. 
So you've kind of been in it different because Surf Scale Soar, you came in first, but you were a founding member. So we were definitely like closer than others. And then we went to a conference. We roomed together. I was like, we're going to do this in four weeks. We had a podcast. She got hired. But then in December, you joined the Inner Circle, which made you more of me as your coach coach on a more personal level. And so take me through like how that relationship is for you. And did you have any concerns about it? I did. I mean, I I definitely struggled with that. Whenever I met Brandy, I met her through the virtual savvies group and being in there. And I remember Brandy reaching out. She said, Hey, I'm going to start this beta group. Would you like to join? And it's going to be, you know, I don't even know what the beta price. It was so cheap back then. And I thought, Oh, I don't know. It's just like another thing to have to do another group to have to be in. I don't want to have any more expenses. I mean, thank goodness. Now looking back, it's a total, you know, reason for that. But whenever I joined and then I go to podcast movement with Brandy and, you know, at the time I'm like, Brandy's this, I hate saying idol, but she's, you know, she's like the leader of the serve scale soar, which is this great group that I'm in. And so I got to meet her and I was rooming with Angie and Brandy was coming and I met Greg and Christina who were in the group too. And so it was really fun. So whenever we went and we met there, then Brandy decides I'm going to start a podcast. And we literally met, it was kind of funny. I, I thinking back on it, how disorganized it was then that was right around the time where I was really getting my system set up and doing all of that. And, and y'all Brandy was sitting in a, in a bed next to me. She was sitting in one bed. I was sitting in one bed and she was doing work and I was doing work and I was emailing her the contract at the same time we're sitting in the room together. So that's how it kind of started. And so we started working together and I definitely, you know, going into the inner circle, I was worried. I think that what if it doesn't work out with Brandy? Like then what happens to our relationship as a coach and in the mastermind, like what would happen there? But, you know, I, I just knew, I, I guess this is something that I've learned too in my experience is they always say, think about the worst that would happen. I mean, what's the worst, worst, worst that would happen, Stephanie? Brandy, it doesn't work out with Brandy for one reason or another, you know, which of course I've never even thought about, but if it doesn't work out with Brandy, the worst that happens is so quit the mastermind. I mean, it, that's not the end of the world. I, I tried to think of like the worst that could possibly happen and it just wasn't that bad. I mean, the people in there I loved so much and I just knew you as an entrepreneur and kind of seeing your growth. I didn't Seeing how you form relationships with people, I didn't think that there would ever be a, a weirdness. Like even if it kind of didn't work out, like you're just always very professional, all of that to where I just didn't, I feel like it would probably be a good breakup, you know, and, and I could finish off the mastermind and, and it would be fine. Yeah. And it is, it's one of those conversations that I had as well is, are you able to uh, like separate them into do two different boxes? And for me, I can do that. And we even do it on Voxer. It's like, okay, this is like your coach and this is like your contractor. Like we keep it separate and I love that. But in a sense, I feel like it almost makes the relationship stronger because mm -hmm. I get a view like how you work. And I've been able to say like, Hey, Stephanie, you probably shouldn't be doing this for people. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm yeah. in there like with it and I can see your systems and everything. And so, but it is one of those like sticky situations, but yeah, I'm the same way. And I will also tell y'all, Stephanie has created a business model that is so amazing because people can't leave her. 
Like it would be almost imp- like it would be very difficult. Y'all would not have the Surf Scale Sore podcast for a while if Stephanie left and she's created on my part. That's like horrible as an entrepreneur. But for Stephanie on her part, it makes it where like, like, what am I going to do? Learn how to do all of these things. I know all the moving parts, but there's no way that I could piece it together and make it work the same way, time efficient. And so Stephanie has also created a model where like your clients can't leave you or it's going to be extremely hard for them to leave you. And I think that should be the goal with the majority of us. I mean, I do that with Facebook ad clients to the point where like they wouldn't even know how to run a launch without me. And it's bad for them, but great for you. And so I would encourage y'all, how can you create an experience that's so amazing where your clients just like can't leave you? Because that's the goal. And and I have found like that, you know, I will say that every client so far that I've launched their podcast, they're continually uh, an ongoing management client. And I mean, just like you said, that's probably, I have thought about that. That's probably bad for them. Like they really don't know what I do. And Brandy is in, I'm in Brandy's ClickUp. So she sees what I do. She has checklists. I mean, she wouldn't probably know everything. Literally they record their podcast. They send me a boxer and they say, Stephanie, episode 11's in the Google drive or whatever. And that is, that's the extent of what they do for their podcast. And so it magically appears everywhere on all the, you know, platforms on the day that, you know, and I schedule it all out and everything. So Unfortunately, yeah, I guess they don't really, but I have like kind of set it up like that. And and I kind of pride myself on being like a full service podcast manager. So some podcast managers do maybe only editing or maybe only writing the show notes or something like that. But I've really tried to put everything all together so that someone, whenever they hire me, that's only one person. They don't have to hire an editor and a VA to do show notes, a copywriter to do show notes and a VA to upload to social and, you know, to have five or six different team members. I, I kind of package it all up and, and provide all of the service. Yeah, you're right. I could go and click up and like have the workflows and know, but I think that's also everyone thinks that they have to have their clients in their project management system. But here's the thing, your clients don't need to be in there. Like, unless they're like dead set on it, like me, like I want things running through ClickUp. And Stephanie knew that coming in. I was like, you will be added to our ClickUp. We'll need all the checklists and everything in here. And it's because I want certain things to communicate through ClickUp. So I know what's going on for my part. It's not so much overseeing like Stephanie doing stuff. It's more of if I need to record a podcast, I want that to show up in my ClickUp and me not have to worry about going to Google Calendar and stuff like that. But for the most part, your clients don't want to know like all the details about what you're doing. So unless they say like, hey, we'll need to add you to our project management system, there is no reason for your clients to be in your project management system. That should be for you. So if you're like trying to figure out how to add all your clients, I would say most cases, there are going to be some like OBMs and stuff like that where you don't need them in your project management system. And if they're that particular, they probably already have their own project management system that they'll add you to. Correct. And I found that like with you and just like you said, it's not a micromanaging anything. I mean, it's just the way that Brandy and I communicate. So I can tag her and click up or I tag her and every client's different. Like Brandy's great about if I, you know, that's how I assign her, you know, to her recording days and I assign her to her stuff there. But a lot of my other clients, they're not like that. They don't use ClickUp. They don't 
I don't even know what project management they use or they use something different, but you know, and I ask them, do you want to be in my ClickUp? Do you, do you want to know that totally what's going on? And most of them say, no, just, I want, you know, that they only do that one task out of the 20 that I do. They don't want to see all the moving pieces and parts. They just, you know, it's, it's can be overwhelming. So remember that with your client too, that, you know, kind of adding them in and, and making them learn something new and do all that. Sometimes that can be a burden they don't want to take on. And another reason we have you in ClickUp is also because I try to remove myself out of that side of the business. Facebook ads, I'm all up in because I'm the only one. But that side of the business, what my goal is, is to show up and be valuable to you. So it's on the podcast, it's inside the group, conversions for clients course, I show up in there. So my whole goal with the business is to show up and be as much value as possible. And the best way I can do that is to stay out. And so Stephanie and Janessa communicate with each other inside a ClickUp because once the podcast episode's ready, then she, Stephanie tags Janessa and Janessa writes the emails. And then, so everything is going on without me being there. And then when I was at my mastermind this last time in San Diego, I'm a little checked out and there was like all these parts that had to happen that were different than how they usually run. And I just popped in and saw the chat and they figured it out together. They made decisions together. And that was when I was like, yes. Just like the Facebook ad business having systems in place on the other side of the business, we also have the same systems in place and it runs without you or it runs so you're not the bottleneck. And I think that's the power of having systems, whether you're a solopreneur or you have a team with you. Yeah. And that's what I've loved so much about working with a client for a long time on a long-term basis is I pretty much know exactly how all of my clients work. I know what they like. I know what they don't like. I know how they like things, you know, so that is what I love about having those long-term, you know, retainer clients. Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up, but I want to do a few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. And Stephanie's cheating because she knows these questions ahead of time. So <laughs> I had to send them to myself. <laughs> yeah. So what is the favorite part of your business? Favorite part of my business is kind of like what I was talking about earlier. It's being able to do a bunch of different tasks and not, like you kind of said, not get bored with doing anything. And one of the other favorite parts is really the connections and the, you know, that I've made with my biz besties, as I say, and with my clients, just really forming like the relationships has been my favorite part. I love that. And I always say relationships over revenue all day long. So I love that. Okay. What is your favorite software or tool you can't live without? ClickUp for sure, because without ClickUp and all the moving pieces and parts of managing multiple podcasts at one time, I couldn't do it. And Boxer, everybody that knows me, I love a good Boxer message. So that is just an easy way that I communicate with all of my clients and with a lot of my biz friends. Yeah. And you got a 3X Stephanie or you'll be there all day long. That's true. <laughs> okay. What is the best conference you've ever been to virtual or live? Okay. So best conference two here, one, and then this kind of goes in two different ways. One of my favorite conferences was, I told you earlier, the VA course that I took was with Lauren Golden from the Free Mama group. She had a retreat, an in-person retreat, and I loved 
that retreat, but the same thing I keep saying, it's building those in-person relationships and really going deep with people. And that's why I'm so excited for Surf Scale Live next month. I am so excited to meet people in real life. I feel like I'm literally going to be hugging everyone because I just, I feel like I know everyone at this point. So super excited about that. And really the one that was probably one of the bigger game changers in my business was Podcast Movement. I think that's when it really solidified how big podcasting is and and how many people are in it and just made me feel kind of like a big girl that I'm going to a conference that is revolved around what I do. It just, it was my first time in the online space, being away from my kids for so long, being away from my husband and doing something on my own, flying there on my own. I mean, I had traveled by myself, but never for that, you know, extended period of time. And that was, yeah, one of the best. And Stephanie's probably going to kill me for saying this, but she sends us a message and says she's bringing 12 bottles of wine. And I was like, 12 bottles, like, good Lord. And she gets there and they're like the little mini ones. I brought little mini bottles for Angie and Brandy so we could have a little sippy wine after all the conference all day long. But you said 12 bottles and I was like, how is she getting 12 bottles? I'm going to pack a lot of checked luggage. Yeah. Okay. So tell me the best piece of business advice you've ever received. The biggest thing for me as an Enneagram one, like I said, total uh, have problem with indecision and really wanting everything to be perfect. I am a planner by nature. And so it's very hard for me not to know what the end goal is. But I think that that is one of the things and I literally have a sticky note in front of me right now that's action breeds clarity. And I think one of the things, and, and I see it with Brandy all the time and a couple of my other clients are so awesome at this. And this is why I love it so much is they just do it. They don't overanalyze it. They, they just do it. I mean, when I tag Brandy and some, she just does it. And I, it, I think it's crazy, you know? And so I have tried to be a little bit more and more like that, but there was an analogy that they said one time when you're driving down a road and you see the up ahead. You can't see if it's foggy and you can't see maybe a mile ahead, but if you just keep driving and keep driving and keep driving, you just see a little bit more and it finally becomes clear, you know, and you see that end result. And so I'm just trying to take one step at a time and just know that like, these are my short-term plans for now and just taking one step. And maybe I don't know the ultimate goal right now, but just seeing the, what could be has been the most fun thing. I love that. Okay. So the last question I always ask, but I'll ask you too, is what is your favorite part about serve scale soar the membership? A hundred percent. The people I will say Brandy's frameworks are awesome because especially for someone like me is she is a, she simplifies everything. So there is not, and when you go in, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with, you know, thinking like, Oh, it's just so much more to do. Like they're short, they're to the point, but they help you get that system set up and not overanalyze it. It's like, you just get it set up and it will save you so much time moving forward and just seeing how big you grew your business by automating and systematizing and all of that kind of thing. Getting all of that set up has been huge, but ultimately it's still just the people. It's the people in there is like, everyone is so encouraging. And in a lot of groups, you, you, you feel and you sense negativity and that's very hard. I really try to surround myself with positive people and, and being in there, like everyone, I mean, like our weekly win Wednesday is one of my favorite things. It's just, everyone is so jazzed up about literally, literally the smallest wins, you know? And so that's, what's really exciting. I mean, we're like sending all the gifts. I'm like the gift person in the GIF gift, however you say it. I love it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. Okay. And then what has been the biggest game changer for you in the soaring inner circle mastermind? 
Oh, man. Again, the people in there, I think, and one of the things, just like Samantha said, it was the mindset shifts that occur when you're surrounded by people that have that abundance mindset. And some of the people in there, I mean, I so was on the opposite of the woo-woo scale before, and I'm probably still like not even very woo at all compared to some people. But just seeing what something could be has been the most exciting. And, and I tell, and one of the things that I say a lot of, a lot of times is, you know, the personal development that has come from in the last year and even in the last three or four months has been huge. Just excited about life and, you know, and, and my husband and I dreaming about what could be, you know, a lot of times it was just like when you started your business, like you just wanted a little extra money to maybe do this or to pay your bills or to whatever. I mean, we, we are, I'm lucky enough that we live off my husband's income, but my revenue was always, you know, the extra. And so now it's even more of a drive to see, you know, that there could be a potential for him to be able to retire and do his own thing in a few years. Or, you know, and one of the things that we're doing this year is going to Europe and that would not have happened without the growth that I've seen in my business. I love that. I love that so much. We're both going to Europe this yes. year, not together. Different she's gonna give me, you're going to give me all the notes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, Stephanie, it has been such an honor. So tell my guests where they can reach out to you and just shout out to you and like, just connect. Yes, totally. So my website is stephaniejudice.com and you'll find me on Facebook at Stephanie Judice as well and on Instagram at Stephanie Judice. So I'm Stephanie Judice everywhere and I'm wearing a bright blue shirt everywhere. So, and I look about like this and that's where I am everywhere. So yes, definitely reach out. I love connecting with people. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on here. Thank, thank you. you for running the Surf Scale Soar podcast. Thank and you. Thank now you for I need to go back to get to work. Yeah. Well, thank you so much and we will chat soon. All right. Thanks, Brandy. Y'all, how freaking amazing was that episode? I loved having Stephanie on here. I loved just her sharing her heart. And what you may not know is we streamed this episode live. So she had all the pressure on her as well. And I came with her some hard questions she was not expecting. And she brought the fire. That was so good. And I really would encourage you to go in and reach out to Stephanie. She's an amazing person. Follow her on Instagram because she truly does provide a service that's so exceptional that her clients can't leave her. And that's what we all want from our business. So I encourage you to go out this week, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.